going on folks we are back at it another episode of cc's word i am um i'm very excited to talk about the, the topic i've got today um the 2020 senate race for the state of alabama has been a doozy you know folks it started off with a primary uh, on the Republican side being highly contested with uh, there were essentially, I mean, there were many candidates, but the top three being Tommy Tuberville, um, Jeff Sessions trying to get his old seat back, um, and Bradley Byrne, who is current representative for our state. Um, there's also Roy Moore, who ran again. And, uh, you know, I laugh at that because I think we all know how big of a joke that gentleman's political career has become. And the idea that he was going to have a shot at getting back in the seat after losing to a Democrat in the state of Alabama for the first time in decades, doing something that people thought was impossible, even when he only won, Doug Jones only won by 2%. It's, um, it just shows you that, like, it, it takes a whole lot against them for a Republican to lose in this state. And uh, there was enough against Roy Moore to not win. Of course, he didn't win the primary this time. Uh, the primary is still going on, I believe. Let me get the date up just so I make sure I say this correctly. One second. So uh, it is... November 3rd is at least, I believe, November 3rd is election day for everyone that didn't know, but uh, July 14th, that is going to be the Republican primary runoff between Jeff Sessions and Tommy Tuberville. They were the two candidates to make it out of the uh, first round of the, uh, of the primary for the Republican Party, uh, and so now it's on to a very interesting race. On the Republican side, because you've seen Trump side with Tuberville, um, and you know with, with the president going for him, obviously that gives him a huge boost in the state, and probably at this point, you know the race is pretty much his. But it's against Jeff Sessions, and, and what's incredible is is what you see. I think in this state is essentially on the Republican side, it, it is going to be what. I think will be the future of the Republican Party on a national stage, and that is a fight between your traditional conservative, your establishment Republican, versus the Trump, you know, Trump, Trump Republican, as some people would say, but the people that are more on that new populist wave, at least they claim to be populist, the people that claim to be populist, and people like Trump. And Tuberville are, are the ones that are starting to rise in prominence in the, in the party, partly and, and really mostly because of um, Donald Trump's influence in many different congressional races, but also the fact that, you know, deep red Republican states like Alabama have been this the, the environment that we have nationally where there is this sense that. You have Republicans who um, 
will say one thing that sounds very, very popular and sounds very good to the people, but will continue to do the, the classic type of um, more corporate welfare and, um, and more uh, Wall Street uh, uh, benefiting policies more so than, than Main Street benefiting policies. Um, that's what happens behind closed doors, and yet for some reason there is a in the Republican Party there seems to be a uh, a lack of acknowledgement that there is a disparity between what the people want and what is actually taking place in Washington D.C. And um, the issue, and I blame identity politics, which was started by the Republicans. Identity politics is something that has ruled the day in that party for decades because they've been able to say, hey, we're going to do the things that you want conservatives to do in society. And as long as we do that and we keep our society conservative, we can do whatever the heck we want to do when it comes to the economy, including taking away your jobs, ruining you know, small businesses, doing what's best for you know the, the bigger corporations in our country more so than the regular everyday American and the the true capitalist, which is the the you know American citizen who said I'm going to start a business from scratch. That's a true capitalist in my mind. The people who are in on Wall Street and often a lot of Republicans who defend you know uh, the actions that happen on Wall Street and 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 you know protect them and put forward more money toward them. And they, I blame the Democrat establishment as well. But you have the you know. There is this sense that as long as you do, uh, you, you say like you you're you're for a free market uh, economy and 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 you at least do actions in the sense that small businesses and regular everyday people have to compete in a free market. At least um, it, it appears that way. They they try to sell it as a free market, but the reality is that when you have a situation where Wall Street and big corporations get bailed out by the government and where essentially there's an old phrase that I like that says privatize the gains of many corporations, but you publicize and you socialize the losses of a lot of these big companies and the people have to take up for those losses, but we don't get any of those monetary benefits, right? So, you know, that that's what that that whole spill I just went into is essentially what the battle has been in my mind in the Republican Senate race here, uh, and that is you know you have Jeff Sessions who like I said will continue to be that kind of old style say uh, you know what needs to be said to win the culture war um, and maintain those things maintain those things that some people may call bigotry, uh, but you know in many parts of Alabama that's just life right and that's why Jeff Sessions kept that seat for a long time, but. When it comes to the economy, <clears throat> you sign on for NAFTA, you sign on for TPP, you sign on for trade deals that ruined our, our manufacturing base in this country and in a lot of parts of Alabama also. And so that's what Jeff Sessions represents. And I think a lot of people were tired of that, so they felt that Tommy Tuberville was going to be something different. My only thing with Tuberville is that, uh, and look, I, I'll I'll be upfront about this in the beginning of the podcast. Like I am a supporter of. Uh, and I, I do plan to vote for Doug Jones. Um, I have my disagreements with him, and I'll get into him later in the show. But for now, 
you know, I want to break down the current race that's that's going to be having the most um, the most uh, like soon to be soon come kind of election day. It's going to be the uh, July 14th Republican primary. So I want to just just cover that a bit first before we go into the general election. Now, Tuberville is someone who who you know I have made fun of him in the past for saying. Essentially, this campaign is just God's guns and Trump, and people are are, are on board with it. Um, and what's incredible for me to see is is just uh, again, I really believe we're seeing a very microscopic version of what will happen on the national scale in the Republican Party, where when after I think when Trump leaves, because right now you have that race of like, you know. Sessions is is essentially someone who has been ousted by Trump, right? But he still has all those values, all those things that Republicans in the state have wanted in a senator, and that's why they voted for him many, many times. And and you know, I mean, it's safe to say that had this race been between like Jeff Sessions coming off of another term and Doug Jones, Jeff Sessions uh, Jeff Sessions would certainly win. So. When you look at Tommy Tuberville, he is the representation of that new type of populist where people, just like Trump, they ignore everything in the past. At least they ignore the things that would be, you know, legitimate questions when it comes to whether or not he should be a senator or represent us. Um, Like the fact that, you know, his primary residence is not in the state of Alabama. The fact that he hasn't spent any large amount of time here beyond being a coach at Auburn and being uh, in in the Senate race now. (laughs) I mean, before that, you know, Tommy Tuberville doesn't really have any major, you know, connection to the state of Alabama in the sense that, you know, even Jeff Sessions. I mean, like, like I disagree with him tremendously on policy, but it just baffles me. That Tommy Tuberville has been able to come in and hijack that party by essentially, I mean, like I said, saying the right things for the people. But you look at, uh, like, for example, I'll, I'll look at his platform here. Um, this is my biggest thing when I look at a platform from a candidate. And that is, are there really any specific policy and legislative goals and legislative like this is what we're going to do give me a plan right um and when i look at tommy tuberville's website a lot of it is a lot of it is just like saying this is what i would like to see happen but there is no like hey this is how we're going to get it done (laughs) you know and and he mentions trump by the way and almost every single policy point almost all of them um but they're all very vague they're all very like non-specific there are they're also it's like a lack of any type of addressing the fact that we've gone through a pandemic and we're also in the middle and will continue to go into um a a rough economic time for this country um You know, he, he says, um, when it comes to health care, Obamacare must go. The failed experiment has led to higher costs, less equality care, 
uh, less quality care and a system that hurts patients and doctors more than it helps. I believe that we need a return to the free market where companies compete for your business while ensuring that pre-existing conditions are not a deterrent to obtaining quality insurance and care. Well, what's the plan for that, Tommy? <laughs> you know, like that's what I'd love to know because what you're telling me is that you are essentially going to uh, you're going to make the free market the primary you know, deliver of healthcare for people, but you're also at the same time going to tell them that they have to uh, cover pre-existing condi- conditions, or you're going to, like, how, how is, how are, free market, and, like, when you also try to, like, vaguely, you know, say that you're going to basically put in government regulations to make sure that they don't screw over people, then it's like, well, pick your lane, man. Because that's what Obamacare pretty much is. Like Obamacare, like I don't know why Republicans go crazy over that. Because even me, as someone who truly wants healthcare reform in this country, I know that Obamacare is something that was just a not even a band aid. Was just like a cotton swab on a major wound in this country, right? And Obamacare doesn't even really cover uh, our our country the best that we could do on a government level. And the idea that, you know, just getting rid of it without really presenting any type of plan that you could that could be better, right? I mean, this goes back to back when Republicans first took over um, after they uh, had had won the Senate again, and and you know they were like, hey, we're going to repeal Obamacare, and then you had Paul Ryan, who also when they won the House. And uh, he became the speaker. They're like, we're going to repeal Obamacare. Here's America's health care plan. And no one liked it. People hated it more than, than Obamacare. And then what you realize is that there is this hollowing out of any type of service that could help the people. Or at least on paper could help the people. Because I think Obama on paper helps people, but in reality doesn't. And I do agree that we have to let it go. But we have to reform it with a system that is a little bit more of a socialized medicine system. And I'm sorry for saying that to the people who think that I'm a communist now for saying that. But, like, there's a lot of people in that country that are not covered. And, and the idea that we can just get rid of Obamacare without putting any solid plan in in place to help the people that are uninsured and the people that were on Obamacare that will then lose their health insurance. Um, all while... A return, having a return to the free market, as Tommy Tuberville says, where companies compete for your business, you know. So there's a reforming our broken healthcare system, according to Tommy Tuberville. Uh, this is a big point. I'm not going to point out all of these. I just want to point out a few that I find very interesting. Uh, there is investigate the investigators. Tommy will stand with President Trump. If I was in the U.S. Senate today, I would be calling for a full and thorough investigation into the now disproved Russian collusion probe of the 2016 elections. I believe that this witch hunt was a political stunt to try and call into question President Trump's legitimacy. I will stand with President Trump and fight any attempt to discredit his presidency. So. He, again, doesn't really present a plan as to how he would do the investigation. 
what's the game plan for that? Like, even though I agree, disagree with this entire policy point because it's a waste of taxpayers' money. And, like, if Republicans think that after we went through months of the Democrats lying to us about the president being a Russian asset, that we want to basically waste our taxpayer money on them taking a victory lap around the Democrats just so they can say again that Trump, you know, is the president. Like, they haven't, they have to prove that, it seems like now, instead of just governing and being what's, being, you know, the things that you say you want to be, which is a, you know, a, a policy-based, you know, free market-based and, and uh, you know, uh, conservative base uh, majority in, in the U.S. Uh, Senate and, you know, in the White House if Trump was to win again. Yet, you guys feel the need that you have to you have to pretty much uh, pat yourself on the back for being right. You know, that's that's interesting. Uh, now he says stand stand for the right to uh, to life. Now let me just say this: this is another unpopular opinion that uh, I'm losing a lot of Republicans today. If there's anyone that's listening, I'm sorry, guys, but this is what it is. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not. I don't want to call myself a liberal. I don't want to call myself a leftist. I don't want to call myself a progressive. I want to call myself an American that cares about doing what's best for the people, and that's what I'm about, folks. And I have policies that I mean, on the political spectrum, I am center. I'm right in the middle, and I go to the left a little bit because I believe people should have health care, and I don't think that abortion should be overturned. The uh, Roe versus Roe Wade. Should not be overturned, in my opinion. The idea that it is a right for a woman to choose what she does with her body, so long as it's not harming anyone else. Now, there's the debate of, like, well, this is another human inside her. It's like, well, that's fair to say. But if we are to say that, okay, and this is essentially the issue I have with Republicans on this issue the most, is that they're like, they want to yell at everyone at at the... Planned Parenthood clinic, and they want to yell at everyone who's getting that, who's who's pro-life, or not pro-life, but pro-choice. Uh, all the pro-lifers want to yell at the pro-choices, right? But for some reason, when it comes to, I, right, what can we do to assure that the economic issues that lead to people having abortions are not a reality, and that the family planning infrastructure is in this country, so that we don't have to feel that. It is because they they feel that they cannot provide a good life to this child, that they have to abort it. How can we fix that system? How can we fix the foster system, which has a lot of flaws in it as well? I'm not saying that it has not produced some great results, but it also has uh, has some flaws in it that, I mean, we should just seek to try and continue fixing everything and building on what we already have. The fact of the matter is that with, when it comes to abortion, I find it just like a lost cause that Republicans and that the conservatives are trying to fight for because of strictly religious regions, reasons, more so than actually looking at, you know, what are ways we can, like I said, improve the economic uh, opportunity within areas so that people don't feel that they can't afford to have a child, so that's why they get an abortion. How can we assure that the foster system is something that really is welcoming to all people and who who feel that their child will be safe within that system? How can we assure 
that if that single mother decides to have that child, even when she could have gotten an abortion, but she decides not to, she decides to keep that child, how can we assure that she has the infrastructure to assure that that child is taken care of while also trying to build a uh, economic base and a fiscal base for the, her family to live on. These are the type of questions that Republicans don't want to face or seem to ignore when it comes to this pro-life versus pro-choice debate. There's also, on look, I mean, I, I, I have points on both sides. There is a point that there are some very questionable practices that happen within some of these abortion clinics and what they do with the fetus. Very questionable practices that happen. And we definitely need to assure that there's no just human rights violation taking place in those uh, facilities. Because sometimes there's some very questionable and on the edge of <laughs> of human rights violations that, uh, that takes place in some of those facilities. But we also have to make sure, going back to what I just said before, uh, with, with the Republican side, where, you know, you want to be pro-life. Be more than just pro-life beyond the wound. Be pro-life in the neighborhoods that are poor, that have kids in them that are struggling, that may not be able to find their next meal for sure, that may not be able to, you know, even begin to have a dream of a future that is bright in America because their current reality is so dark. So... Tommy Tuberville says that a uh, he is a Christian conservative. I will always stand up for those who can't do so on their own. You know, the irony in that statement. But <clears throat> anyways, I will fight to protect the sanctity of every human life because future generations may very well look back at the current wave of infant. In fact, oh wow, infanticide, which is I, I'm assuming homicide, but he's replacing homo with uh, a homo with infant. Infanticide is sweeping across our nation as this generation's Holocaust. That's incredible, man. And that's that. You know what's 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 funny to me about all this is that he will win this election most likely, folks. Like. I'm a supporter of Doug Jones, but I have no illusions of what the reality of political, uh, you know, environment and atmosphere in our state is. And that is that Tommy Tuberville will probably win on this platform that is so vague that it does not offer any substantive results or plans for the future. Um, and that's just what it is. And And look, like if you come to this podcast for just a strictly like unbiased view like i'm pretty good at that most times i'm pretty good at yelling at both sides and i try to do that all the time but in this election like in our state our politics is so biased toward the conservative view and republicans that why is it a sin to have someone that comes into this state that does advocate a little bit more for the left but in a sense that is fair to both sides that's what i'm trying to do here I'm trying to show you that it's fair to say that this platform I'm reading off is insane to, to support on a on a big political like scale. And I say it's insane because it's like, 
we have insane. Let me look this up so I can get the Webster's Dictionary definition. Insane means is in a state of mind which prevents normal perception, behavior, or social interaction. Seriously, uh, mentally ill. Shocking, outrageous. Uh, in a state of uh, yeah, in a state of extreme annoyance or distraction, characterized or caused by madness. So, I feel that in our state, we have had these type of politics where people say very vague things like this platform. They get elected, and then they do very specific things that go against the people that really got them there. And it just it baffles me that we see this over and over again, and because of parties party like because of party that's what it is like there are people who legitimately will just not vote for doug jones because he is a democrat i am not saying i'm not going to vote for tommy tuberville because he's a republican i'm saying i'm not voting for tommy tuberville because this platform presents nothing substantive for me to get behind there's nothing on this thing that says this dude's going to work for me as a citizen of the state of alabama when he himself is barely a citizen himself. He's from Florida. It's where his primary residence has been for many years. And he just decided to hop on across the state line because there was an open seat open for him. And I'm sure that there are, you know, certain people that probably talked to him and said, Hey, you you essentially run on God's guns and Trump. <laughs> You'll be able to win. And that's that's what it is. Here's one line. This is one last line I'm going to read from this uh, platform. And here we go. I am running for the United States Senate because I believe liberals in Washington are out of control. And there's a White House that's Republican. There's a Senate that's Republican. The Democrats just got the House um, in 2018. So... For the majority of this term, it's been Republican dominant in Washington. Just keep that in mind. I believe the first duty of government is to protect our individual liberty. The Patriot Act is something that was put forward by Republicans. And, um, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, it's a major Republican policy point of like we need the Patriot Act to protect America. But, um, you know, in the words of. I'll get into that a little bit more later, but that that's that's a big thing that Republicans always baffle me with. It's that they're they say they're big on individual liberty, yet they and when I say Republicans, I mean the Republican leadership. I don't mean all Republicans. I'm not talking to you as if you're you as an individual are truly a Republican and you truly hold the values of conservatism. You would be able to call out the BS that you see in Washington and how Republicans that are high up don't really represent your values at all and don't really represent policy that works for you, that work for corporations and work for the elite more so than your regular everyday American who may be a conservative or a liberal. Who cares which side of you're on? We need to start voting for people based on what they're actually going to do for us and not just 
ideology they spew to get elected and then don't even act on. So, Tupperville says, I will be a leader in Washington fighting for smaller government, that's, I doubt it, less taxes, and our national sovereignty. I am running to defend the Constitution, and I understand that the freedoms we enjoy must be protected, protected and preserved for future generations. As a father and husband, I understand that the decisions made in Washington have an immediate impact on families and shape the world we live in, or uh, the, shape the world we will leave to our children. I understand the profound blessing it is to be a citizen of the United States, and I will be responsible to help conserve that blessing for future generations. You know, that's uh, wow. You know. Well, I mean, that's what I've been saying in this whole podcast, pretty wrapped up right there. This is, you know, your classic Republican rhetoric. They say smaller government, less taxes, and our national sovereignty. I can guarantee you he will vote for to raise our military budget. I can guarantee you he will vote uh, to uh, lower taxes on the corporate end. 100%, but he will not do any tax cuts for the middle class. And if he does do tax cuts for the middle class, there will be an expiration date on it that is sooner than the corporate tax cuts. That's exactly what Republicans did in 2017 when Trump got in office. And so doesn't doesn't make me feel that they're going to do anything different. Nothing that has been happened. <laughs> Nothing that's happened over the past three years makes me think they're going to do anything different. And... Uh, our national sovereignty. What he means by that, I, I found interesting because I, I think that that is part of that Trump rhetoric of like any type of big alliance that we're a part of is is a breach of our sovereignty. Even though like NATO, we founded and now it's been you know completely just essentially you know the president's ruined that whole organization in my mind with the way he is and like. I'm not trying to say that upholding our allies to assure that they pay uh, a, a good amount to the NATO cause is not a good thing to do. But fact of the matter is, like, there's a reason NATO was founded on on the United States being like the main contributor. It's because like we help them when they need them us the most, and we want to maintain. The idea that we were the protectors of democracy in the Western world, and if they needed us, we were there for them, so that if we needed them one day, they would be there for us. That was the whole thing. He's upset that some of those NATO partners weren't with us in a lot of time times throughout history here recently, but if you look at the reasons why they weren't with us, is because we tried to go for foreign policy goals, wars interventions that were not necessary, that were not key to protecting democracy in the Western world. That's what it is. Our empire has become such a, such like such a, and I say empire because like America has essentially kind of become an empire in a sense of like, we have this idea that we can do whatever we want to do around the world 
and justified by saying it's for freedom and democracy and peace and liberty. But reality is that it is for profit and it is for the major corporations of our country and, and, and resources just like any other war in history. You know, it's a fight for resources and domination. I mean, that's what it is. So if we could stop pretending that our sovereignty is going to be, you know, intruded upon because we are part of an alliance that may require more of us than the other members, because that's how we as a country organize that alliance. Then, like, what? I mean, do you not understand history, folks? That's what I wonder sometimes when we. When we have campaigns like this that say things like this. Now, shifting gears, I've been railing against Tom Tobeville for long enough. Um, like, I could go through Doug Jones's platform. Um, it's really unfair, I think, if we want to try to try to keep this thing as unbiased as I can. I think it'll be unfair, even though I've, I probably burned that bridge already, huh? I think it's unfair to go into his platform because he is so specific about what he has done, the policies that he's put forward, the specific bills he's put forward, the specific goals he's made and accomplished, that it is just it's light years ahead of what what Tommy Tuberville was presenting as a platform. It's just truth. I'm not saying that Doug Jones, that you should vote for Doug Jones strictly because his platform is, you know, more specific and and more detailed than Tommy Tuberville's. I believe that you should vote for whoever you believe is best for this country, for this state, for this, your area, for your city. But. If we're going to base it on policy. We're going to base it on who's going to really work for us. Then I think I've made it pretty clear, um, you know, one side certainly doesn't uh, seem to have that as the main goal. At least they may say they do, but uh, it's very vague. And to me, any vague promises normally is one that may not be followed through. There's some... Disputes I've had with Doug, though, I mean, look, Doug Jones, I think, has probably been one of the better senators we've had in my lifetime. But also, you know, Doug voted in favor for uh, there is a there was a Senate amendment about two weeks ago that came into uh, the House or came into the floor for a, uh, a vote, a roll call vote. And um, Doug Jones, unfortunately, voted in uh, favor um, of a uh, of repeal or he voted in let me remember this right yeah he actually voted against re the move to amend the patriot act to take out the part where the federal government is able to search our browser history our internet search history without any warrants there is a vote in the senate and you know these are the type of things that like regular folks don't really pay a whole lot of attention to and like they affect us greatly folks and that is you know there is there's this big vote where um you know the senate was trying to or some some people in the senate were trying to amend the patriot act um 
And uh, of course it failed overwhelmingly. But Doug was someone that voted against that amendment to take out the federal government's ability to monitor and search your search history without a warrant. Um, and that's disappointing to me tremendously. That was a tremendously disappointing vote for me. I didn't think Doug voted the best way there. I think that, you know, look, do, first off, do I think Tommy Tuberville would have done anything differently? No, he would do whatever, whatever Mitch McConnell and the President Trump's going to tell him to do. But there's also this this big issue, and I think it's a generational gap that I attribute this to, but there is this big issue that, like, older people truly have bought into this sense that the government spying on us, the government being able to have access to parts of our lives that impede a little bit on the Constitution, it is necessary for that to happen for our country to be safe, for 9-11 to not happen again, for all of these different, you know, I think fear-mongering beliefs that you you need this much government oversight and access to people's lives in order to keep us safe. I think that's crazy. I think that's so wrong. I think, like, I'm a big believer that the Patriot Act should be repealed. Uh, but there is a, there's a great quote by Benjamin Franklin. He says they can give up essentially that they can give up essentially liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That they can give up essentially liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That's a big thing that I think about whenever someone wants to talk about, you know, what we need to do to counter terrorism, what we need to do to counter hacking, what we need to do to, like, these are things that our government, let's just be real, like, they have the tools to do without impeding and, and having these, these, the, the thing is, is like, how are they impeding on our constitutional rights, Calvin? The way they're impeding on our constitutional rights is by allowing for the ability to subvert any, you know, pre-existing notions that constitutionality has to come first when deciding who you're going to look at, what you're going to look at. That's gone out the window out of the fear of another 9-11 happening, you know, like those type of things. And like that's what fuels conspiracy theories to say that like 9-11 was real or Bush did 9-11 or something crazy. Like, I believe in the official story of 9-11. I don't believe that's all of the story, obviously. But I do feel that, like, what happened was real. We saw that happen. But the reaction from our government was certainly overdone, was certainly ridiculous in the sense of not only us going to war in Iraq, us going to war in you know, several countries that were still in, bombing seven countries, the drone strikes that's killed, you know, uh, like... Uh, there's a 90% civilian death rate when it came to our drone strikes during the Obama administration, and Trump has just increased that by like 150%. So, you know, none of those things were good, but also on the domestic side, there is there's this sense of like, we have essentially given up some of our liberty in order to feel safe temporarily, but there's still people that are uh, that are terrorizing many places in America 
and and often what we've seen in my lifetime is more terror coming from people that look like uh you know americans than that look like you know uh, middle eastern uh, extremists or you know anyone who has come outside this country and attacked us certainly uh has posed less of a threat than our own fellow citizens it seems and so the idea that you know they're they're doing all these things strictly for our benefit man that's a that's a hard that's a hard thing to argue in my opinion and do it successfully you know um hopefully history will prove it and wrong them folks I, uh, I encourage you to go through Doug Jones's campaign website and look at his policy, look at his platform. Um, I am very rarely and probably will never really be this partisan or this kind of uh, biased a bit in, in a sense. Like I did tell you, like, I didn't like there was I mean, I look I just be honest, like when I look at Doug Jones record, there's only that one vote that I can say it's the big thing that I disagree with. And but even that, you know. I'm willing to say, man, there's like 99.9% of what he's done that's so great. That 1%, that 0.1%, I'm willing to let go for that 99.9%. I have a strong belief, though, that my state is about to, uh, at least the constituency of my state, is is about to disappoint me. and And I have a good feeling that because of how much support Trump has given him, because of how, you know, he has a sign up in almost every uh, every major highway I see, and uh, you know, there's a good chance Tommy Tuberville is probably about to be our next senator. And uh, you know, any hope that I have for this state to possibly be great definitely goes out the window if that happens, because we're going to just continue to see, you know. Trump publicly type of politics here in Alabama. Um, you know, I mean, Kay Ivey exemplifies that. Um, the state legislator exemplifies that. The state senate exemplifies that. Uh, Richard Shelby certainly exemplifies not just, you know, that Trump type of Republican, but I think he exemplifies the, the type of Republican that is like a Jeff Sessions. But uh, he goes along with Trump because he knows that's what's popular right now and that's what's going to get him elected. And so he'll do nothing to stand in the way of him. Um, and then the Senate seat that we have uh, Doug Jones in currently, it's the only thing that I look at and I say, and like, I don't care what party he is, folks. I'm telling you that now. I do not care what party he is. I don't care what party Tommy Tuberville is. If he was coming at us with policies that really worked for the people and that I felt could get done... I would be voting for him. I would be supporting him if it was better than Doug Jones's platform. That's what matters to me, policy and over any type of rhetoric, over any type of campaign ads, over any type of, you know, I mean, like even even the individual voting record of Doug Jones, like I, I gave you an example of something that I disagree tremendously with, but I'm willing to say, look. I'll move past this because he's given me enough policy points to say this is someone I trust that will actually work for me and work for the people of the state of Alabama. Uh, there's a good chance 
that he will most likely not win. There's a good chance that Tommy Tuberville is going to be our next senator. And I will be here to uphold him just like I did with Doug and that vote. Didn't, didn't like that vote on the uh, amendment to the Patriot Act. And, you know, I'll be here to, to keep old Tommy in line. But, look, folks, I um, I pretty much broke down this Senate race in the sense of I gave you the policy points of Tommy Tuberville. I'm going to encourage you to go look at Doug Jones' Tommy, uh, policy points because, again, I don't think it's fair to present Tommy Tuberville's and and to present Doug Jones's because Doug Jones's is it is light years ahead of Tommy Tuberville in the sense of like substance and policy and it will sound tremendously unbiased for me to present his side and and to have just presented to you Tommy Tuberville's which is so vague which is so rhetoric based which is so just insane like I said earlier that I encourage you to go do it yourself. Do your own research, folks. Vote for who you believe is best to represent us. That's the, the last thing I'll say. Um, because ultimately, this election is going to come down to who you feel is best. Um, I want to... Let me actually make sure I can announce this real quick. So, um, I'll just say, like, I don't think that the, screw it, I'm going to say something about it. All right, so I don't think it's 100%, like, out yet. There's a press release they're going to release uh, at some point, I think, this week. Uh, but I have become a, a Birmingham-based coordinator for an organization called Take Back Our Republic. Uh, Take Back is an organization that is really focused on bipartisan solutions to gerrymandering, um, you know, uh, voting issue rights, uh, voting rights, voting access, uh, trying to assure that people um, are put over, you know, uh, or put as the top priority uh, in politics. And it's, uh, it's very, very interesting to see what this organization has done so far. I'm very excited to be a part of it. Um, and like I said, there'll be a little bit of a kind of official release on their hand later on at some point. Um, but uh, it most likely be this week. But I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a exclusive news uh, about that. I'm very excited to be a part of this. If you haven't, and at the end of every podcast, I'm going to just shout them out. And if you haven't, uh, I would encourage you to go take a look at TakeBackOurRepublic.org. That is T-B-O-R.org. And uh, you'll be able to get an idea of the things that uh, this organization is advocating for. And I believe it's something that, like I said, it's bipartisan. It's not something that's really policy based um, beyond, you know, like I won't say uh, I say policy. It's not something that's partisan based. It is policy based, but it is not something that, uh, you know, it's divisive at all. It is about taking back the republic. For the people, that's what it is. And uh, the fact of the matter is, like, if you've listened to this show, you know how I say a lot that Washington is ran by people that are not looking out for the best interests of the people all the time. And we need to make sure that Washington is 
ran by those type of people who will work for us, who will advocate for us and who will do their best for the people. I'm hoping that you uh, you take a look at that website, takebackourrepublic.org. I'll leave a link in the description. And folks, this has been CC's Word. I'm glad that you are listening. Rate and review if you haven't. Subscribe. Tell folks about it. And uh, be sure to go vote on July 14th if you're a Republican. Vote for who you believe is best for this state. And on November 3rd, be sure to vote in the Alabama Senate race. Do some research on Tommy Tuberville and Doug Jones, who are likely to be the two candidates. Go vote for who you believe is best for the state of Alabama and for your interest. Have a good day, folks.